Good afternoon. My name is Austin. I'm a covenant member at the well here. Um, I go to the Cedar Park Whitestone CG, and I'll be, oh, it's the best one. Uh, I'll be reading the scripture for today. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and it is verses 15 through 18. It says, Now I urge you, brothers, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and that they devoted themselves to the service of the saints. Be subject to such as these, and to every fellow worker and laborer. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus, because they have made up for your absence, for they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such people. This is the word of the Lord. All right. Good afternoon, beloved. How are we? Good. Hey. It's good to be with you all this afternoon. God is good? All the time? If you're new, that wasn't some weird, like, cult uh, chant or something, all right? The old black church affirmation is good to remind ourselves of that at times. Uh, We ready to worship as we keep sitting under God's word? Yeah, cool. Let's chop it up. Um, If you've been with us for a few weeks, you know we've been in our Partners in the Gospel sermon series. And uh, we had our good friend Grant that was here with us in the first week. And he's brought mission trips before uh, to Austin to actually help start our college ministry several years ago. And then Elder Henry came up looking fly in that jean jacket and them Air Maxes. I remember them. Chris Dripp be on 10, y'all, splish splashing. And then he gets up and he leaves worship today. This man has more talent than all of us combined, all right? Uh, And then Josh came last week, brought that fire. He wanted to act like he also brought the kick trend as if I ain't from Detroit. Come on now. But then he honored me, and so I almost teared up, so I ain't giving too much heat for it. But uh, we're continuing our series, and we're kind of flipping from hearing uh, from people that partner with us in the gospel, and we're kind of transforming it now to talk about how we can partner with each other in the gospel. Uh, Each of us has a part to play in the kingdom of God as we advance the mission of Jesus here on this earth. And oftentimes, I believe that uh, the way that we partner with the church or the way that we partner with and towards each other really determines how Christ is exalted in our hearts and how he is exalted in the world around us. If we do not see ourselves as partners or as ambassadors, I believe we're missing a part of the goodness of Christ. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're gonna look at how we partner with each other in the midst of the gospel. And today we're looking at how we can partner with each other in the midst of our own souls. And so uh, Refresh My Soul is what we're titling this sermon today because I believe there's a way by which we can uh, literally nurture one another's spirit or one another's soul in the midst of the gospel as we really partner with Christ to lift up our spirits in some really beautiful ways. And so what I have written down here, kind of the the premise or the, the, the theme statement, if you will, for this afternoon is that as we individually pursue and cling fast to Jesus, how we collectively think about each other's souls will be a key determining factor to how Christ is maintained and manifested in our lives. I know we can read, but let me read that again for us, okay? Is that as we individually pursue and cling fast to Jesus, like as we do this by ourselves in our own lives, I believe that how we collectively think about each other's souls 
So not just our bodies, not just our mental state, but our souls, it will be a key determining factor to how Christ is maintained in your own life and how he's manifested in your life as well. And so that's what we're talking about today. We're gonna be jumping between several different texts. So if you're like a physical Bible reader, you better get ready to be flipping your fingers, all right? Uh, Your index fingers as you go between the scriptures. Some of y'all need sanctification. Some of y'all didn't even catch it. Holy, holy is thee, all right? Um, Listen, I believe that each of us at different times in our lives, we actually need our souls to be refreshed, okay? And so often I think we're so out of touch with our souls, like the spiritual side, the, the true nature of who we are, that we don't even realize that our souls need this sort of restoration until we're so deep into the forest of despair or discouragement that it's hard for anybody to find us to bring us out of that condition. I believe that we're often out of touch with with where our spiritual conditions are. Yet, as we see today, God often will send people after us to refresh our spirits, to bring us out of that canopy of darkness and put us back into the path of joy again. And so we need people to refresh our spirits. We need people to refresh our souls. And I believe this is one of the greatest ways of how we can partner with each other in the midst of the gospel. And so I know this is a lofty idea. It's kind of an abstract idea. And so let's break it down a little bit, even in the text we just read, 1 Corinthians 16. What you see there is that phrase where we titled the sermon today, refresh our soul or refresh my spirit. And that's the idea that we're working with today as Paul thinks about this concept of having his soul or having his spirit refresh or lifted up. And so I wanna first ask, as we dive into it today, what is refreshment? All right, that's the first idea that we're working with because if we're actually gonna refresh each other's soul, we need to know what we're working towards. You need to know the target that you're shooting for. And so there are people in our lives that God has intentionally placed there, I believe, that literally they refresh or they bring back to life our spirits when they are needed. So I believe that as we partner with each other in the gospel, as we seek to be this type of refreshment for others and as we seek to receive this type of refreshment from others, I think that we sustain in our walks with Christ. And so that Greek word, the word refresh, it literally means to cause, okay, which is important. That means there's intentionality there. Or to permit, like to allow for permission to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and to collect one's strength. And so we all need this at times. I mean, I'll be tired. Don't y'all be tired sometimes, right? And I'm not talking about like, like you need to go to bed and get more sleep because you've just been scrolling through TikToks too much tired. I ain't talking about that type of tired. I'm talking about a soul weariness, like, like spiritually tired, that our souls are heavy. And Paul says there's a way when that happens to bring refreshment to them. And it's not just you that produces this in yourself. We can actually bring that sort of refreshment to one another. And so, shoot, I believe some of us need this today. 
that our souls came in tired, and so I hope this is a word for you today even. And so what we're doing in the refreshing of one's souls is we're creating space for reviving, to cease striving for a moment in time to be able to be renewed. In the Old Testament, there was this idea that carried throughout the Old Testament of uh, this place called En Gedi. En Gedi was this oasis in the middle of a desert where you were able to come and be refreshed. In fact, I think I have a picture of En Gedi. So here's the desert, okay? Stay on this picture for a moment. So there's kind of like in the middle of nowhere, you have a little bit of greenery, but imagine walking through that and you're journeying through that over and over again. And then the next picture, all of a sudden, you get a point on this. So this is in the middle of En Gedi. It's literally in the middle of the desert. It's kind of a wonder. It's still there today to where like you're in the midst of all of this dead things around you, all of this dirt and this rocks and very few vegetation and probably a couple of lizards and that's about it, right? And then all of a sudden you get to this place where you can feel this sense of refreshment or renewal and David would talk about how his soul was restored at En Gedi. Well, in the New Testament, we bring this idea, spiritually speaking, to say at times we're walking through a desert, but you and I are able to be in Getty for one another, an oasis in the middle of this desert. That that's the, the privilege that God has given to each of us, that we get to do this in each other's lives as we encourage one another to not lose heart as we encourage one another, as we push back darkness and darkness begins to punch us in the face and we get tired, like there's a way by which we can revive that person's soul. We can create refreshment from the heat. Y'all feel me? And so we're getting to begin to image Christ himself in this. And so it's important that we understand what we're doing here. Matthew 11, verse 28, the, the often quoted passage, is a really important one, where Christ says, come to me, all you who labor, right, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is part of what Christ does, that word rest is the same word that Paul uses there for the refreshing of one's soul. So when you come to Christ, he is able to give you rest, but we are also able to, to give that same sort of rest towards one another as we act like Christ for one another. You and I get to image God in some really beautiful ways, y'all. We get to refresh one another's souls. We, we really get to do something divine like something Christ himself does. He refreshes us. He rebreathes life into our bones like we are in the Garden of Eden again and you and I get to breathe that same sort of life into one another. There are very tangible soul work sort of ways that we can enhance or maintain somebody's faith. There's an important reality that we get here that you and I get to act like Christ in a way that I think often we don't really even think about. And so uh, th th this idea of refreshment is an important concept that we kind of grasp onto. Maybe you don't connect with like the old school biblical analogy. So to bring it into new school, you know them Sprite commercials, y'all? Which, by the way, Sprite just started marketing to black people. I don't know why, but it became like the black magic drink, right? Like, it's only black people that be on Sprite commercials. Watch, now that I say it, you're going to be like, that's true, right? So you'd be like in the middle of like hooping, playing basketball, you're tired, and for some reason they give you a Sprite, the last thing you want when you're tired, right? But in commercials, they'd be looking refreshing. And so you crack it open, it's like, tss, ah. 
And every commercial will be like that, right? Like you can actually do that for somebody's spirit is what the scriptures are saying. You can, ah, somebody's spirit, okay? Are you doing that spiritually? Have you ever felt that from somebody else? And so why is this refreshing work important? Okay, so now that we get what this is, it's, it's this release, this in Getty in the wilderness. Why is this important? Well, Paul begins to dive into this in the first Corinthians text. Look at all the active words that Paul talks about here. He says that these people were devoted or they had this service or this coming to them or refreshed his spirit. So Stephanus and these others were intentional in putting in work to make sure that Paul's spirit and the spirit of the Corinthian church was refreshed. In other words, they didn't just show up to church right? They didn't just show up to a community group with zero to, to no effort and then bounce. No, like they were thinking about it. They were intentional in this, and, and they were thinking about how can we refresh others. There was all this active word that you see in the midst of this. <clears throat> so this wasn't passive. This wasn't like an accidental act. There was this intentional effort here. And at times, I think that we tend to wonder why we're not being used by God in the ways that we desire to be used by God, and yet we kind of lack effort in our intentional pursuit towards him, or we lack effort in our intentional uh, pursuit to be used by him, and so then we don't see him moving in our lives, and then we wonder why God feels so distant, but the scriptures say that there's a way that we can so imitate God that it's like we're in Genesis chapter two again, we're recreating life in the bones. <clears throat> Excuse me, I was on a team retreat the whole week. And you wanna come up and preach? All right, good. I hear your raspy voice too. And listen, as we're intentional, <clears throat> as we think about trying to bless someone's soul, I believe that we see God move through us more and more. That's what I'm saying. I believe that we see Christ more clearly and then our own souls are nourished as we see the beauty of Christ. And so what if we came into these gatherings or into some sort of spiritual setting like this, like intentionally asking this question or thinking about how can I refresh somebody's soul? Like, like what does it look like to build somebody up in a spiritual, like in the deepest part of who they are? Like, like what if we walked in open to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and thought, who can I refresh today? Like whose soul can I lift up? Whose soul can I support? Whose soul can I encourage or can I help? Like, like how dope would that be? Like wouldn't you want to be at church more if you knew that everybody was thinking about that and you felt like you needed soul refreshment that day? It would be likely you would receive it from the saints of God because you'd have people in the church that are like spiritual G.I. Joes looking to fire off blessings at people, right? They're looking to bless you. Now notice that Paul was saying that there were people that were doing this and it was refreshing not just him, but it was refreshing the Corinthian church's spirit as well. So it wasn't just the individual, it was actually blessing the church at large. <clears throat> In fact, this work is so important that Paul said that we should submit to people like this, who do this often, and that we should give recognition to people who do this sort of soul work, which is so ironic to me, y'all, because Paul said to give recognition to these sorts of people, but I ain't never heard of these cats in my life, right? Like, 
Like you'll notice I haven't even mentioned the other people's names yet because I'm not 100% certain how to pronounce these mugs, right? They got them hood names too, y'all. The dude's name is Fortunatus, <laughs> all right? It's funny, okay, we don't even know who they are though, and Paul says, look, give recognition to such people, but God, in his divinity, thought so highly of their work that he, through the Holy Spirit, encouraged Paul to write their names down that they might be entrenched throughout all of human history so that even though we don't really know who they are, their names are pinned down because God sees this refreshing sort of work as important, y'all. Like this soul revival is an important work that we see. So your work in refreshing, though it may not publicly be known towards others, is significant towards God, and it is one of the clearest ways that you image God, family. It's one of the ways that you point to him. In fact, all throughout the scriptures, their names are only mentioned here in this letter. And so they're not like the big names in ministry, but they created a refreshing for Paul and a refreshing for the entire Corinthian church. Their their presence built up others, meaning every little thing we do, right? Not just the big things, like the little things, like seeking to refresh somebody's soul, it matters, y'all. It is significant in the kingdom of God. There are no unsung heroes in the kingdom of God. You can be in the game and you can image God if you seek to revive people's souls, y'all. This is important work. And so you may be feeling like, well, I don't really got the flashy gifts. So, (laughs) right? That's what the scriptures would say here. Like, you can image Christ in profound ways. We all need to be a part of this work. Notice that Paul says there in the middle that they made up for the Corinthians' absence. Now, Paul isn't saying like, hey, they made up for y'all because your dusty, busted selves wasn't here. right, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, look, y'all could not come and be present, so these people were present in your place. And so the implied reality that Paul is speaking with here is that he himself needed this sort of refreshing. And so if the super apostle like maybe one of the greatest Christians ever to live needed this sort of refreshing, then I'm pretty sure that you and I need this as well, family. And I know for me, I need this sort of refreshing often in my own soul, and we can do it. We could be like God in the garden. And so it's an important work, okay? And so this idea of refreshing is like in Getty. I hope you see throughout this, you're acting like God, so it's a very, very important work. But how do you do this, okay? Like, like we get the ideas of what this is, but what does this look like in action? Well, Paul actually mentions this phrase in several other letters, and so let's look at some of the ways that Paul talks about how we can be refreshment for one another. Romans chapter 15 in the previous book, beginning in verse 30, Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. So Paul says, I appeal to y'all, like, like please, he's, he's begging them of this reality, and then he says he's urging them by Jesus and by the Spirit to pray to God the Father. So Paul is urging or imploring us by the whole Trinity here, the whole Godhead. He's trying to make a really important point, and what is this point? He says, pray for me, is what he says here. 
And so I think one of the ways that we can refresh each other is actually through prayer. Or another way to think about it is that if this type of refreshing is spiritual in nature, not just physical, like let's get a meal together, but spiritual, like your soul needs something, then let's be spiritual with and towards one another. Like, have you ever had somebody just pray for you, like, the right thing at the right time, and it feels like drinking a glass of cold water on a hot day? It's like, ah, right? Like, like it's refreshing in that sense. It, it massages the soul in a way that very few things do, which I've never actually had a massage, so I'm not sure if that's refreshing or not, right? I've had deep tissue massages, like sports, them mugs are not refreshing, they hurt, okay? So we'll stick with the water analogy. It's like hot water on a cold day, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Other way around, right? Prayer is water to the needy spirit. Hallelujah, help him, Lord, right? I mean, even at our team retreat that we just got back from yesterday, like there was this brother that prayed for me like the right thing at the right time and I immediately broke down into tears and it was like my spiritual soul was being revived as he was praying for me and I felt it in my physical body like it was refreshing in that moment. You and I can do something spiritual with and for one another. Now the irony here is that Paul is asking for prayer so that he can go to meet with them to be refreshed. In other words, this type of refreshing hasn't happened yet. Paul just knows he's going to need it. And so Paul knew that he had to be in the presence of them to allow this to happen, so he's asking for them to pray so that he can be in their presence, which is really interesting, family, because, like, peep this, after Paul wrote Romans, this dude got beat up, y'all. Like, he got massacred in a lot of ways. My man's got bullied like he was Ben Simmons, all right? He goes out, he gets attacked, he then gets harassed, and then he gets almost killed by this angry mob. They strip him down naked, beat him almost half to death. Then he gets imprisoned for his faith. And then he gets shipwrecked on his way to Rome and is in the middle of the sea for like three days, cold, hungry, he says. And then he ends up in Rome, not as a free man, like when he was writing this letter, but as a slave. And so this dude is literally limping into the city, needing refreshment. But peep Acts chapter 28, verses 14 and 15. It says, and so we came to Rome. This is Luke talking about he and Paul. And the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as the forum of Appius in the three taverns to meet us. And on seeing them, the brothers, Paul thanked God and took courage. In other words, they refreshed Paul's spirit, and because of this, he was able to take courage after going through things that you and I will probably never go through for the faith. Oftentimes we get attacked in much lesser ways and our soul feels just as depleted and needy. So Paul here is realizing even with this deep attack in the, the, the emptiness of his soul, the brothers were able to give him something that his soul needed. They refreshed his spirit and in that he took courage. And so Paul at this moment was probably really discouraged in ministry because ministry can beat you up, can it not? Right, like, like CG shepherds, don't y'all know that to be the reality? You know, like you are serving and you're giving and you're pouring and, you're, and Satan is attacking you and your flesh is attacking you and it never seems like enough and you feel these insecurities that you've never felt before or you get this spiritual oppression that you've never experienced before. Like, like longtime well members, like wasn't it good seeing Josh last week? 
Um, but don't you remember all of the hard labor that it took to get this man out the doors to plant a church? And all the holes and all the, the filling up, like, like ministry can beat you up. And so Paul was beat up here and discouraged, but they encouraged him to keep seeking the Lord and to keep pressing on towards the Lord. And you and I need to be this for each other, y'all. In fact, these dudes, it gives you where they lived at, and that's an important little reference because they traveled over 43 miles to come find, see, and encourage Paul. 43 miles, y'all. Like, real talk, it is hard for me to drive 43 miles in a car. These dudes walked, or they were on camels or something, right? And yet they made all of this effort to come and see Paul. And so how is it that we can refresh a spirit? Well, the second thing is just put in effort, right? Like, like give your presence to somebody else. Sometimes that matters more than you realize, y'all. Like show up or travel or, or make effort. Like your presence, it matters. I think about even yesterday, I was at uh, Casey, his daughter Amelia's birthday party, and there were all these people that were present there, and man, just their presence, it was encouraging to me, and I know it was encouraging to Casey too, because he had his typical Casey smile on the entire party, right? And it's like, man, like our presence, as something simple like that, it mattered, and we don't know how we were walking into that, but maybe we were walking out 2% more encouraged than before, because I had all these little conversations about the Lord, and my soul was refreshed. Our presence, it matters, family. It matters. And so let us give our presence. How else can we be refreshed? Well, Paul uses this phrase again in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 13. He says, therefore, we are comforted, and besides our own comfort, we rejoice still more at the joy of Titus because his spirit has been refreshed by you all. Now, the context of this passage really matters because the context of this is that the Corinthians were being repentant over their sin. And so Paul had to rebuke them because of their sin, and they, rather than turning hostile towards Paul for calling them out, they were repentant, and they sought this sort of restoration, this humility, this forgiveness, and this refreshed Paul and his companion. Why? Because repentance is really rare, y'all. Even though it's the very way that you and I come to faith in Christ by repenting of our sins, for whatever reason, we tend to try to graduate from the gospel and repent no longer and work our way into favor with one another. But our sin at times creates a separation and repentance is how we get refreshed or renewed. You see, few things can crush the spirit like sin. Few things can create a discouragement of the soul the way that sin can, and so you can refresh somebody's soul by responding in humility towards your sin, by confessing and by repenting, showing that you care more about your own righteousness than you do care about your own reputation. Hello, right? Like the person who rebuked you, they took a huge risk, didn't they? Like, and rather than fellowship breaking over it because you were prideful in your sin, your fellowship can be strengthened over it because you desire to become more like Christ. This is refreshing, y'all. Like, what if this happened more, right? Like, when people mess up, like, what if there was this humility to say, my bad, please forgive me? 
And there was a seeking of restoration there. And so refreshment can come not just through like the good side of encouragement, but also through the sanctifying side of us trying to become more like Jesus in humility. Uh, I wrote a little chart up here in case it's hard for us to pick up that idea to explain more for my visual learners. I worked really hard on this chart, by the way, so you'll see my artistic skill at work, okay? So here's you and I in unity with one another. Don't laugh at me, come on now, all right? Refresh my spirit, okay? And here's what happens when we sin, right? Sin creates this separation. Look at that line. Now it's, so Paul likes it, see? I didn't even spend a lot of the church finances on this, bro. Like, we were good to go. And what happens is, is often at this moment, we feel this friction. And so maybe there's a little bit of like, hey, man, like you really hurt me. I feel like this. But what happens if there's a lack of humility is that line gets even further apart. Right, And as we continue in that, there begins to be more lines in the midst of this, and all of a sudden there's all this fractured relationship, but, but, Osagi's ready to laugh, I see it. Listen, if you and I, right, if we're humble, and if we confess, it immediately cuts off all of those red lines and we're back together again. Hallelujah, there's your graph for the day. Take a picture, put it on Instagram, tag me, all right? Uh, what is this here? What is this picture of? It's a picture of biblical unity, right? Like this idea that you and I are meant to be one and sin kind of fractures, but you and I can be unified. Unity matters. And so that's our next point, y'all. Like we need to have unity in order to be refreshed in our spirit. You thought I was going to do all P's, didn't you? Prayer, presence, Uh, Peace is another word for unity. Have peace with one another, right? And so unity, it refreshes our souls because that's what we were created for. So sin tends to mar this sort of unity, but as we respond to sin, it reunifies us, y'all. And so be responsive to the way that you tend to fracture other people's souls. Repent, be humble. If another person is in sin, call them out and fight for unity with one another. Uh, next scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. It says, May the Lord grant mercy to the household of one Sephorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. So once again, Paul is mentioning an individual, right, who's doing this specifically. So really important side point, y'all. I didn't put this in my notes, but it's important here. Like, Paul is always mentioning individuals, not like the church at large. And so the church at large, it can create a sense of refreshment, but like individuals can do it that much more as we know one another and encourage one another. And so so Paul is thinking about their sacrifice and their effort that's bringing this rest to his soul. What that means is, is that we need to know individuals to receive this sort of rest and be these sorts of individuals to be able to receive this rest from others. So knowing people, it actually can bring rest for their souls because you know what they're really like and you know what they really need. So the more you are known, the more other people are able to build you up. The less you are known, the less likely it is for your soul to be refreshed by another individual. We need to know each other to refresh our souls. So it's not just enough to be corporately present. Once again, refreshment does happen there too, but it's often through the individual presence of others that this refreshment comes. Like notice, he uses the word once before is often 
refresh Paul. Like this wasn't a one-stop shop sort of thing. And it wasn't like Paul's soul got really sad for one season in his life and that was it. No, Paul often needed this sort of refreshment because life is hard. Enduring with Christ is hard. Ministry is hard. Serving Jesus is hard. And we need to often be about this work of refreshing each other's souls if we are to endure in the faith. This man was there for Paul. He fought for Paul, like we talked about in our Fight for Community series. Notice also, family, in this passage, what a picture of Christ once the forest is. You see, Jesus also searched for us and found us, right? Jesus was also unashamed to be associated with us despite our true sin. You see, Paul was unjustly put in jail, but that would have brought a sense of shame upon once the forest for visiting him. We were rightly enslaved in jail to our sin, but Christ came and visited us anyway, and not just visited us to refresh our soul, but he entered in and paid the penalty for our place that we might be free. This man is imaging Jesus Jesus in some really clear ways, y'all. You and I get the opportunity to image Christ. And so when we do this for others, when we seek to refresh, when we try to bring out refreshment, we are a picture of Christ, and this can sustain people's faith, y'all. Listen, one more passage, and then we'll summarize this. We'll bring it home for us. Philemon, verse 20. Paul says here, yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord, refresh my heart in Christ. That word heart there means his bowels. It's another word for soul, the, the deepest part of who you are. And so Paul here, he's telling it like it is, right? He's like, look, I really want something from you. I want to be refreshed by you. I mean, don't we need that once again? Like, I hope you're sensing the need that we have in our own souls. And don't you want that in your own life? I mean, look to your neighbor and tell them, I want you to refresh my soul. Okay, I guess some of y'all don't really want that, all right? So it's okay if you don't want it. It's okay. But if you do want it, look to your other neighbor and say, I need you to refresh my soul. Like, listen, I'm making you say it not just because we're at the end of the sermon and it's a good little teaching tactic, right? Like, I'm making you say it because you need to know this is the reality, y'all. Like, do you believe this? Like, like, have you ever said that to somebody? Have you ever looked at somebody and said, I just need you to lift me up, brother, sister, in Christ? Like, I need my soul to be refreshed because this is part of what God designed the church to do, to be the presence of Christ for one another. And so if you don't desire something, then it's hard to receive it and to look for it, y'all. And so one of the ways that we receive this refreshment is we desire refreshment. Like, we desire it. We think about it. We tell other people, this is how I need it. I need you to refresh me. And so we pray for one another or we're spiritual with each other. We have presence. We have unity to know them, right? And then from this passage, we desire refreshment. Now, practically speaking, though, what does this refreshment look like? We're actually not 100% sure, 
of that from these passages. You see, Paul did not give some like formula of how to put these things into practice so as to be refreshed. You have the general idea here, but not like a one, two, three step of how to practice this, right? So Paul wasn't like, listen, in order to refresh somebody's soul, you go to Merit, you buy them a latte, whole milk, okay, hot, don't be getting that cold crap. Then you speak a Bible verse over them, right? And then you let them tell you their struggles, and then after they tell you their struggles, you say, bless your soul. Because if you try to do that to me, my soul ain't gonna be refreshed, y'all. Right? Like, like, I need something a little bit more than that personally, but for some of us, that might be really encouraging to us. And so it's actually different for everyone. There's, there's no formula here. Paul gives a general idea of what he wants us to work with, but then you and I are supposed to work that formula out for one another. And I believe that as we're sensitive to the Spirit, and as we pray, and as we know people around us, we'll learn how to bless one another and build one another up in Christ. And listen, if you have no idea how to refresh another person's soul, maybe because you're out of touch even with your own soul, I can tell you the perfect person to look to, it is Christ himself. Listen, even as we think about those ideas of refreshing other people's souls, like we already talked about how individuals represent Christ, right? Like once the forest represented them, but think about that concept there at large. In fact, go to the last slide for me real quick. Think about those five things, the slide before that. Right, that, those five things right there. Think about that, and think about how Christ fulfills this for us to perfection. You see, Jesus is our high priest who's praying for us right now in the kingdom of God. Christ knows how to give his presence to us, literally leaving us with the Holy Spirit that we might have an ever-present help in our time of need. Jesus fought for unity so much so that he would lay down his life that you and I might be unified with God. Jesus knows us to the depths of us. He knitted us together in his mother's womb, in our mother's womb. And listen, he knows that there's a desire for refreshment, and in Christ there's actually a desire to give it to. Jesus does this to perfection. And so listen, if your soul is heavy, family, you do not serve a God who is out of touch of what it is like to have a heavy soul. Would you hear that? If your soul is heavy, you do not serve a God who is out of touch with what it is like to have a heavy soul. In fact, not just a heavy spirit, we know that Christ actually emptied his spirit and turned it into nothing as he gave up his spirit and died so that you and I might be free. You see, Jesus in Matthew 11, verse 29, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest, same word, for your souls. How can this be true? Well, because Matthew 28 tells us what Jesus did. It says, he said to his disciples, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here with me and watch with me and pray. Listen to what Jesus is saying here, y'all. He's saying, I need your presence. My soul is very heavy. I need this sort of refreshment. This is in the garden where he says, can you please pray for me? He's literally taking those five concepts and in one sentence asking his disciples to do it, but they fell asleep on him. 
They did not refresh him. They were not the presence that Christ needed. Christ's spirit was fully emptied out so that John 12 says, now my soul is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this very reason, Jesus says, that I came to this earth. Your soul, family of God, can be refreshed because Christ's spirit was undone for you, family. He labored, he he laid down his life. He knows what it's like to be broken and empty so that he could be the very one that fills you up. If you do not know what it is like to have an uplifted soul, then look to your Savior who laid down his soul that yours might be free. This is the Jesus that you serve. This is the God that you serve who loves you this much, family of God. And one day, for all of eternity, your soul will be full, never lacking anything ever again. Your spirit will fully and forever be lifted. But until that day, church family, Christ calls us to bring the kingdom of God on earth as it will be in heaven. So if in heaven our souls will be fully filled, then you and I are supposed to be filling each other's souls now on earth like it will be in that day. Meaning we get to be soul refreshers or spirit fillers for one another. And so how do we do that? Two really quick practical things for you, okay? First of all, we talked about this throughout the sermon. Like, don't just be passive. Like, come and then think, whose soul can I fill? Like, whose spirit can I refresh? Like, I want you to actually be asking yourself this. Like, like, who, Spirit of God, do you want me to refresh today? As you show up to community group, like, don't just show up looking to receive something. Yes, have your hands open. You should desire refreshment. But also go thinking, man, whose soul can I lift up today? You have no idea the type of work that it may do to endure their faith until the end, family of God. We need each other in that ministry. You will image Christ and therefore see Christ more clearly. Secondly, what I want you to do is I actually want you to think of two, three, four people who refresh your soul in the sort of way that we talked about in the sermon today. As I say that, immediately I hope at least one or two people come to your mind that you think, man, every time I see this person, every time I'm around them, every time I, I get time with them, like, like they refresh my soul. Maybe it's a really close friend. Maybe it's somebody you only see once a year. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's somebody that's in your CG. I don't know, okay? But I want you to think about the people who refresh your soul, and I want you to text them this week and say, hey, like you refresh my soul, thank you. Or call them this week and say, man, you literally lift up my spirit when I'm around you, thank you. Or invite them to coffee or over to your house and tell them, hey, I need you because you're somebody who keeps my soul alive. You are in Getty for my soul. And I believe as we're grateful towards others, we realize who it is that encourages us and it sustains our faith. And then as we seek to give that out to others, family of God, we start looking more and more like the kingdom of God, and I believe that it will endure our faith to the end. Your soul will be lifted up, family. And so may we forever be a church who seeks to be soul refreshers, who seeks to be spirit fillers, who doesn't just come and physically blesses others, but who spiritually revives each other's souls as well. Amen? Amen. Hey, I love you guys. Let's pray together. Um, Christ Jesus, we thank you, we bless you. 
that you are the ultimate one who seeks to refresh our soul. And Father, I know this is like an abstract idea in a sense, but I pray that you would help us to realize, like, man, here's where my soul's at right now. Here's how I desire to be refreshed. Here's, here's what I need. And help us to be looking for that for one another, that we can build up others in their faith. Christ, give us that ability. God, I pray for those in the room who may not know who you are. Friends, if you came in here unsure of where you're at in the faith, I want you to know there's only one way to truly have your soul filled, and that's by Jesus. There's other ways to be physically filled, emotionally filled, psychologically filled, but there's only one person who can fill up your spirit, and that is Christ himself. He is the initiator. He is the one that, that reignites your soul to become alive, to even receive this sort of blessing. I believe that as you put your faith in him and follow him, you get this soul filling, this spirit revival from Christ himself. And then as he revives you, he puts the church in motion and we get to partner with him in that process. So I pray you would put your faith in Christ today. You would choose to follow him today. And God, for those of us who have put our faith in you, I just pray two really simple things. Christ, for those of us who came in and our souls are kind of depleted, they're empty, our spirits need reviving, we need to be refreshed in our soul, I pray for healing right now in your name, Jesus. That you would heal our souls, you would refresh our souls, you would, Holy Spirit of God, put the right like person in our life, even as we leave this church gathering, that would speak words of life to us, that we would hear directly from you that our souls would be filled, they would be healed, God. And God, for those of us who have filled souls, I pray you would teach us to give to others as well, that we would image and imitate you. Let us forever be a church that fills one another's souls. We pray this in your precious name, Christ. Amen.